Megatron, Taylor Brown, never drop this. Three catches, all scores, ready my shit. Make tips for myself, D hop shit. OBJ, I'm my rich and Millie, watch shit. Okay, baby, watch this. Tyreek with the speed when I talk shit. Not again, you a lame, can't pause this. Peep, unfair, catch, yeah, the pause lit. I'll give a couple of reasons. Next year is gonna be a hell of a season. So many decisions in every division. The best part about it is nothing is given. Every game gonna be a head on collision. America's game in the palm of my wrist. And this game is cold, no forgetting your mittens. Go cut you a ticket and get a subscription. Yeah. You are now tuned in to Unfair Catch. Hey, let's discuss what's gonna be unfair next. Hey. You are now tuned in to Unfair Catch. Let's discuss what's gonna be unfair. Welcome back to another episode of Unfair Catch. I'm your host, Chris. I'm also your host, Jason. This week, man, we're coming back after week two. Um, we noticed that there was a ton of injuries going down in the league, in the league this year. Um, we're just gonna roll through some of these ones and kind of keep it pushing. Um, first and foremost, man, the 49ers were smashed with injuries uh, after week two versus the Jets. Four of their top contributors went down, and now they got some holes to fill and try and keep that team rolling, man. So we're looking at Nick Bosa, the defensive end, Torres ACL, going to be done for the year. And then we got Solomon Thomas, defensive tackle, Torres ACL, also done for the year. Huge hit for that defensive line. And um, they got a couple on the offense as well. Jay, you want to get into those? Yeah, so they also lost uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. They think that he's going to be out. This week, you know, maybe even next week. And they're also going to be without Raheem Moster and uh, Tevin Coleman. So, you know, they, they have some injuries on, on the defensive line, and they have some injuries with the, uh, some of those offensive guys too, which uh, going against the, the Giants, who are actually looking a little better this year, that might be a lot closer of a game now if, if Jimmy is not going to play. Yeah, for sure. And it's some, uh, a quick takeaway from that game too and those injuries in general, a lot of the 49ers have come out and said that it might have something to do with the field turf at MetLife Stadium, which they have to go back and play again this week um, versus the Giants. So a lot of players are a little weary about playing on that turf again and um, a little anxious about maybe some more possible injuries for that Niners team. So that's a storyline we're going to have to keep an eye on and um, see what the... I know what the league has come out and said some things about MetLife as well, um, but we won't get too much into that. But just a definite definitely an interesting storyline to keep for to keep looking at this week um with the Niners at MetLife yeah definitely and they're actually playing like I said earlier they're playing the Giants who are going to be without Saquon Barkley this year because he also tore his ACL um they uh did they did sign Devontae Freeman and they have Deion Lewis to go you know to keep that rushing attack you know competent but I think losing Saquon Barkley is uh, pretty huge what do you think yeah man I think it definitely puts a big workload on Daniel Jones now um, people are gonna be looking to him to be the playmaker of the offense and making sure that he's the one facilitating that offense and moving the ball around where whereas they would normally just lean on Saquon and kind of let him carry the load but now Daniel Jones got a bigger weight on his shoulders and um, a lot of people are thinking too man if he struggles with the injuries to that offense people are going to see it kind of like an easy out for him like oh like well he didn't look that good because of the injuries so I don't know it's kind of a catch-22 there for Daniel Jones in that offense yeah they also are going to be without Sterling Shepard for a little bit too which I feel like that guy's hurt every year so I mean they they should probably stop relying on him um but I think like you said you know they're not going to be able to evaluate Daniel Jones as well because they're not really giving him enough weapons around him and or these guys just aren't staying healthy I mean, they try to fix the offensive line, and it looks like they kind of failed there. I mean, their left tackle looks decent, but everywhere else, you know, we're we're kind of sitting there saying this guy's getting hit almost every time he drops back. Uh, I just it's tough for a young quarterback to kind of get into a groove, and that's where they start to develop some bad habits. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, coming off the Saquon Barkley injury, talking about another big top running back in the league. We got Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers. He is down with a high ankle sprain. They placed him on that 
IR lists, you know, now with the league, you can do three-week IRs. So we see a lot of guys popping up on, on that IR list. Um, initial reports before he was on IR was four to six. So I'm sure they're still kind of looking at that same timetable. But that Panthers offense now, they're going to have to figure out a way to get it done without Christian McCaffrey. That's going to be a tall task for that offense. Yeah, next up we got Drew Locke. He, uh, he sprained his AC joint this week, and he's going to be out for they're thinking anywhere from i think it was what two to four games mm-hmm. or four to two to six weeks or something like that and uh they went and signed uh the infamous blake bortles to fill that role while he's out good for the broncos man blake bortles is a stud <laughs> yeah i don't think he'll uh, actually start for them but it definitely gives them a veteran presence in that qb room to go along with jeff driscoll yeah um, they got driscoll starting man he didn't look too too bad um obviously kind of just threw him in there after an injury so now he's gonna have a full week to prepare and we'll kind of see what happens but I, I noticed that um head coach vic fangio is pretty optimistic about this drew lock injury um the reports are kind of all over the place but he's kind of throwing out some words of optimism about the injury so he's hoping to get him back sooner than later yeah, I think, you know, it's good to be optimistic, but I think we're both kind of hoping that, you know, not to wish an injury on somebody, but I'm kind of hoping that he sits out past week six and misses that Dolphins game because uh, they could probably use all the help they can get right now. Yeah, for sure. And another Broncos star that went down, budding superstar Cortland Sutton, wide receiver, tore his ACL done for the year. Um, he missed week one with a little nagging injury and then went down for the count week two bad to see such a talented guy with so much promise and potential and in such a beginning of his career really like i said like a budding superstar so it's tough to see a guy like that go down and broncos lose two of their top weapons on offense yeah that's definitely tough for them and i mean to lose your your best receiver and then your starting quarterback when you know there was a lot of hype around that offense coming into this year so you know they're without those two and they're also without philip Lindsay. so it's a bit of a struggle there in denver and uh you know we feel for the fans there yeah, man, for sure. It's going to be a tough one for Denver. And um, that, that high-profile offense that everybody was looking forward to watching this year takes a hit. But we'll keep our eyes on Denver and see what they can do with their backups now. Um, transitioning over to Devontae Adams, wide receiver from the Packers. He's got a minor hamstring injury, nothing too too serious for him. But we did see him miss time in that Week 2 game um, versus the Lions. Um, they were winning. They had a, a sizable lead, so... Um, it was said. It was said in the media that Devonte Adams was trying to get back out onto the field. Um, he wasn't too banged up, but head coach Lafleur over there said that it's just best to play it safe, keep him on the sidelines, and kind of ride it out with the weapons that they had. Um, they got a they got an easy dub versus the Lions anyway, so not a not a big miss for Devonte Adams. But we'll see if we can get back out there for Week Three. The Ravens have lost their nickel cornerback and Tavon Young. Uh, I think that one's going to hurt them this week, especially going against Patrick Mahomes. But he uh, tore his ACL and he's out for the year. So, you know, they're going to have to look and find somebody to fill that role now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got Malik Malik Hooker, excuse me, safety from the Colts. Torn his Achilles. He's done for the year. Um, someone that's kind of been in and out with the injury bug throughout his career. Um, definitely had a lot of par- uh, promise and potential. Hate to see a guy like that go down. Was looking forward to see what he could do back there for the Colts. And their defense is looking really good this year, too. So it's going to be a big hit for them. Yeah, it's definitely a big hit for them that, you know, that guy has a ton of talent and he just, you know, he just gets hurt every year. Unfortunately, I don't think, you know, he'll probably end up getting cut at the end of the year and he probably won't really stick around much, much longer in the NFL. Uh, They also lost uh, playmaking receiver Paris Campbell. Uh, He sprained his MCL and PCL and uh, he's out indefinitely. They're not sure if, you know, if it's going to require some surgery or if that or if, uh, you know, he'll be able to come back at some point during the year. But. He is placed on IR for now, and we're going to have to keep an eye on that one. 
Yes, sir. And another player getting utilized by that three-week IR is Brandon Scherf, a guard from Washington. Um, he sprained his MCL. Not good for a big guy like him. Um, like I said, place on that IR. He expected to miss three to five, but they, they put him on the IR, and we're going to see where they can go from there. Hopefully, he gets back after the three because uh, that Washington football team needs as much work and talent as they possibly could get, and Brandon Scherf going down is a huge loss for them. We also have Byron Jones out for the uh, the Dolphins Jaguars game uh, tonight, Thursday, September twenty fourth. Um, you know, we saw him go down on the first series of the game last week, and you know, we instantly knew that it was a groin. Uh, he also had, he's also nursing a Achilles injury, so I think that on a short week, you know, it's good to hold him out. We'll give him uh, two weeks to prepare and get ready for the uh, the Seattle game next. Uh, next weekend yeah i was gonna say i saw him go we obviously saw him go down with the non-contact groin injury um was that achilles hurt in that same play do you know or is that something new that kind of popped up later on uh that was something that he hurt during training camp um he was limited most of the time with it and uh you could actually see during the pats game that he didn't look like he was running at full speed so i think that you know it's going to give him some extra time to heal both of them and i uh, honestly i would probably just put him on the ir because uh it doesn't. I don't. They're not really going to compete right now, anyways. And they have, you know, some tough matchups coming up. So I would just give them as much time as possible. Get some of those younger guys in there as much reps as possible now, and then bring him back in a few weeks. For sure. All right, man. We got a big story coming out of L.A. with the Chargers quarterback Tyrod Taylor. Um, we saw him mysteriously miss Week Two game last week. Um, right before kickoff, we noticed, hey, Justin Herbert's in the game. What's going on? Well, fine. Turns out he had a chest injury. Um, which ended up turning out to be his lung being punctured by the team doctor while he was getting injected with the painkiller before kickoff, which is a routine injection. Players get these all the time, um, every every day in practice, every day in, during game days. These are routine injections that players get all the time. And this one happened to go south for Tyrod Taylor since he apparently cracked two ribs after the week one win over the Bengals. So he was getting a pain shot administered for that injury. So he could get out there and play for week two. Like I said, went south, uh, needle punctured his lung, and um, what put him down for the count in week two, man. Definitely a strange situation that I... And very boggled by. I don't understand how stuff like this happens, but it does. It's part of the game. It's part of the risk. But Tyrod Taylor with the with the lung injury there is tough. Yeah, I think it was definitely you know kind of a freak like freak injury. Uh, he did play through that that week one rib injury. Apparently he heard it in you know in the first half and didn't tell anybody and played through it. Um, I don't think he actually looked that well. I don't really think he's that good of a quarterback. But still, I think that you know the fact that he got you know, a lung puncture by just trying to get a, a shot is, uh, you know, it's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Um, I think that that's very unfortunate for him because uh, I feel like he was probably going to have that starting job for a bit. And then Justin Herbert came in and just, you know, played lights out. I mean, went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes, which is tough to do. And I think that, you know, he kept him in that game as long as he could and you know, took him to overtime. They were leading for most of the game. Um, you know, I think their offense looked a lot better with Herbert. Uh, I guess we'll see this week how he looks. Yeah, man, they did name Justin Herbert the week three starter, but Anthony Lynn did come out in the media and say that he plans on having Tyrod as the long time long time starter uh, when he's ready to go. Not sure how much I believe that, considering how well Justin Herbert played week two, um, but definitely a interesting situation to keep our eye on, and we'll definitely be um, talking about that as the season continues. I'm sure. All right, man, we got Anthony Barr, linebacker from the Vikings. He tore his pectoral muscle. He's placed on IR. Hopefully they can get him back quickly because that Vikings defense does not look good right now. 
Yeah, for sure. We also see that Cam Akers uh, separated some rib cartilage, and he's day-to-day, hasn't practiced, so he's probably going to be out this week. And they also have Malcolm Brown, who dislocated his pinky, and I think I read that on Monday he actually had surgery on that pinky. Uh, they do think he might be able to play this weekend, but I think that they'll probably keep him out for that Bills game as a precautionary, especially with Daryl Henderson playing pretty well. Yeah, for sure. I agree. The, those two injuries right there kind of um, knocked down that Rams backfield, but we're now we're going to have to see if um, Daryl Henderson can carry, can carry the load over there for the Rams. All right, man, we're working with the Jets right now with Brashard Perryman, wide receiver. He sprained his ankle, may miss our game or two. Nothing serious, but another one of these injuries that went down during week two that we got to rattle off for you guys. Yeah, I, th- I know they're also going to be without center Connor McGurvin. Uh He hurt his hamstring, and he, you know he's week to week. Um, I think you know this this Jets team is pretty abysmal to begin with, and when they start losing starters, uh, you know people s- tend to lose their jobs. So I think Adam Gase's uh, hot seat is you know a little hotter this week. Yeah, Adam the Adam Gase hot seat is heating up. Jets fans I saw were rallying for him to get fired today. I'm pretty sure I saw something about that. Yeah, they um, were gonna. They were going to stake out outside uh, the, I think it was like the tra- the facilities yeah, the training today facility. at some point. Yeah, man. Adam Gase, we'll watch your head, man. They're coming for you over there in New York. All right, man. Last injury that we want to rattle off here, Jalen Rager, wide receiver from the Eagles. He had a thumb injury. I think I saw the t- timetable was around six weeks, but they placed him on that three-week IR, and then they'll kind of go from there with him. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one because I think that, you know, they – Desperately needed weapons. They went out and, you know, got Jalen Rager, and he actually looked pretty good in his first couple starts. Uh, he's just been banged up, and, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, for sure, man. That Eagles team has been depleted by injuries all year. Even before the season even started, they were getting hit with injuries. So um, Carson Wentz getting no love over there in Philly with these injuries, and Eagles got to figure out a way to uh, stay competitive over there because it's looking bad. All right. Let's talk about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is officially the leader for the, for the clubhouse for the MVP. However, I think that, you know, Cam Newton's going to also get a lot of votes considering that he is making that Pats offense look a whole different level of dynamic. Um, but let's talk about Russell Wilson, and we'll just talk about the fact that this man has never received an MVP vote, and he has more incompletions this year. I mean, he has more touchdowns this year than he does incompletions. Yeah, man. Russell Wilson is playing absolutely out of his mind, dude. Um, we picked him for our, our preseason MVP Um in the, in the last podcast, episode 22, if you guys want to go check that out. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson, we figured he would come out and ball out in Seattle. Um, I think he's playing above expectations in my eyes right now, which is unreal considering I did pick him as my MVP pick. Um, yeah, man, that, those weapons over there are clicking on all cylinders. you got Chris Carson balling out, Lockett and DK Metcalf are balling out, and Russell Wilson is just slinging the ball all over the place and looking like a madman. So very excited to see if the Seahawks can kind of keep this momentum going after two weeks and keep it going for the rest of the year, because if so, they're going to be a problem. Yeah, I think that that offense is looking really good. Um, I think not a whole lot of people are going to be able to stop Cam Newman at this point. Um, you know, he just has a whole... He just looks a whole different level of, of uh, comfortable back there. I think that they, they're kind of letting him do whatever he wants with that offense at this point. They're just kind of letting him take the reins and run with it, which is something that I think fans have been waiting for a very long time. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to actually see that Cowboys-Seahawks game this week because I, you know, I want to see more Russ touchdowns. Absolutely, bro. All right, man, big question that's going on in the NFL right now. What's going on with the Saints? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the Saints. I think, you know, I only watched most of the first half and they were up like 17-7 to 7 going into the third quarter and, you know, next thing I know, I checked the score again, and they were losing thirty-one to seventeen. And I think everyone was a little shocked that the Raiders played that well. So my question to you is: Do the Raiders are the Raiders not as good as we thought, 
I mean, are the Raiders better than we thought or the Saints worse than we thought? I don't know. That game was very interesting to me to see Derek Carr kind of just do whatever he wanted in that game. Like Darren Waller balled out. He was a big factor in the game. He had like eight catches over 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, Josh Jacobs was, was held at bay, but he still had a solid game. Um, you know, they ripped off some good runs with the running game. I really don't know because I think for me, it's that Saints defense is really good. I think they are one of the better units in the league. It's just their offense is giving the ball away so fast that the defense can't get enough energy to go out there and hold hold the game at bay for when they need to. Like Drew Brees needs to figure it out on offense and kind of figure out what he's doing and what that offense, get that chemistry going because Drew Brees and his receivers are not clicking. Um, Alvin Kamara seems to be the only one kind of really holding any type of weight over there on the offense. Everybody, and obviously the Michael Thomas injury hurts. Um, but I don't know, man. The Drew Brees chemistry with his receivers right now is just not there and that offense is struggling because of it. Yeah, you know, they missed uh, Michael Thomas definitely this week and you, we all thought that Emmanuel Sanders was going to pick up or pick up where he left off with the 49ers last year where he looked like, you know, he was one of those crafty veterans in the slot. But I think that right now we're not seeing the connection with them too and I'm getting a little nervous that I might not come at all. I agree, man. It's getting a little scary. Speaking of veteran quarterbacks, um, we were looking at that big hype train over there in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady and the and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Brady has looked uh, lackluster at best through two weeks. Um, are we expecting this kind of trend to keep going throughout the season, or is it something that they're just kind of getting warmed up and they'll start clicking as it, as season rolls on? Yeah, we talked about this on episode 22 uh, with our buddy Steve. Uh, I know we were all a little down on the Buccaneers to begin with, saying that we didn't think with all the mouth stuff feed there it was gonna it was gonna work. Um, actually, right now we haven't even seen them at full force. Uh, you know, Chris Carson was uh, Chris Godwin was out last week, and um, Mike Evans, Mike was, out Evans week one. was out week one. And then you know this week we saw Scotty Miller drop a touchdown in the end zone, and then there was another another drop catch that would have went for a touchdown. So um, I do think that that offense is struggling. I think Brady's been showing signs of his age for you know a couple of years now, but I think that he's playing well enough for that offense to be doing a lot better than they are, and I think that. You know, it's just going to take a few more weeks for them to gel together. Um, I'm not sure who they have coming up on the schedule, but I think they have the, the Panthers this week, and, you know, that might be just what they need. Oh, they have the Broncos, which they've had some injuries as mm-hmm. well. You know, their defense is struggling a bit. So, you know, it might be just what they need is, you know, play one of those bad bad defenses to, you know, get the confidence going and, you know, gel. Yeah, the defining moment for me, man, that kind of sums up Brady throughout these first two weeks is last week they hit a flea flicker. Hand off to Fournette. Fournette pitches it back to Brady. Brady tries to throw deep to, I think it was Justin Watson or someone streaking deep. Completely underthrew him. Couldn't get it to him. He was wide open over the top. He just couldn't make the throw to him. And I think that just is a sign of his arm aging and kind of um, kind of limits his potential as a deep ball passer now. I mean, like you said, we've seen it for a few years now, but that play right there was the one that's just like, you just look at it and you go, whoa, okay, he's not the same. Yeah, and I think that now that he's not on the pads, I think other people are, you know, finally awakening and saying, oh, you know, he wasn't that same player. Maybe the, maybe losing, you know, Tom Brady in New England wasn't a big deal, as big of a deal as everyone thought, because I think Cam Newton's making that offense look better than it did last year. Um, you know, it's obviously a different style, but I think he's actually, you know, more of a threat now than Brady would be in his career. 
Yeah, man. Coming off the Cam Newton mention that you just made there, we did mention it a little bit earlier. He's having he's having a blast in New England, man. He's just having a good ass time. That's kind of what fans love about Cam Newton. He's always there to turn up the energy, um, the big runs, the rushing touchdowns. You know, just Cam being Cam, people love to see it. And it's it's good to see him doing that over there in New England because I know he's been waiting for an opportunity like that for a while. Hurts us as Dolphins fans to kind of have to watch Cam do it in New England. But you know, all in all, I do like Cam. I appreciate him as a player, so I do. I'm happy for him that he's actually having a good time playing football again. Yeah, I mean, we saw him play in Miami week one, and he ran the ball more times than, you know, we would have liked to see. And, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't, you know, throw anything more than like a five, 10 yard pass. Last week against the Seahawks, he was forced to throw more. And, uh, you know, he act- his arm actually looked pretty good. It looked live, it looked, you know, looked strong. Uh, I'm actually excited to see him play this week against the Raiders and see if he can build off that or if, you know, the Raiders can build off that win in New Orleans. Definitely, man. It'll be definitely interesting to see what Cam can do down the stretch. Speaking of quarterbacks, Carson Wentz off to a terrible start. This Eagles team looks like a, a pile of garbage right now. Um, they're scrapping together what they can, but Carson Wentz is just not looking good. Um, people had some high hopes for him going into the season, hoping that he can get it together. He has all the potential in the world, just hasn't been able to put it together since his rookie year. Um, anything to say about Carson Wentz? Um, I think Carson. I think Carson Wentz is probably going to get hurt soon because that's what <laughs> Carson Wentz does. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think about Carson Wentz. I kind of group him in with Jared Goff. I think both of them are, you know, got a lot of hype when they were, you know, a little, like, couple years coming out of the draft. And I think now people are starting to come back down to earth on them. Yeah, I agree for sure. All right, man, we've seen this Cardinals hyped up offense. We were talking about a preseason. Everybody was excited to see what they could do with Kyler, Kenyon Drake, DeAndre Hopkins, um, Christian Kirk, and the likes. Um, So far through two weeks, man, they haven't let us down. They've been balling out as advertised. Yeah, that offense looks really, really good. Um, You know, Kyler Kyler Murray looks extremely comfortable back there as well. I think that, you know, he's not even close to hitting his potential. And I think that bringing in DeAndre Hopkins was just a brilliant move by their GM. For sure, man. They do have one of the top defensive units on the charts as well over there in Arizona. So um, Cliff Kingsbury is doing a good job of managing those guys. And I think the Cardinals are going to be, if they can keep this thing rolling, man, they could be a sneaky playoff team for sure. Yeah, I definitely think that they're a sneaky playoff team. Everybody in that division right now is a sneaky playoff team. And I think with the 49ers injuries, I think that unfortunately they're probably going to be on the outside looking in. But uh, speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, you know who's missing him this year? Deshaun Watson. And that offense is struggling. Really bad, man. Houston is a um, a burning trash can at this point right now, man. They put their faith in Will Fuller as their number one, and he was ghost mode last week with an injury and on and off the field and whatnot. Dude posted um, a very abysmal stat line, didn't even have a catch or a target because, like I said, he was on and off the field per Will Fuller's fashion. Um, and then you, you're relying on David Johnson, who's an old, who's a, um, not, I want to say old, but he's got some miles on his tires, you know what I mean? And then you, you're relying on Deshaun Watson to kind of work with all these pieces and kind of put it together and try to figure it out. And it's just not working out the way that uh, Bill O'Brien and the Texans were more hoping it would. Yeah, I mean, they also have a brutal start to the schedule. Um, I mean, obviously they played the Chiefs week one and we saw them get destroyed. Then last week they played, you know, the Ravens. And again, they, they lost by multiple scores. Uh, this week they have the Steelers and I think the Steelers are playing well enough where I think they'll be able to beat the Texans. But I also think that um, it's going to be a lot closer than we're, than we're all thinking after the first two weeks. Um, but I mean, right after that, just to go through some of these games, they got absolutely murdered with, with the schedule makers of that first first three weeks hmm. then they have vikings jaguars and titans and then packers and then their bye week I- i'm scrolling through and i see you know i think the vikings out to toss up jaguars they should be able to beat but they're not as much of a layup as everyone thought it was going to be 
I don't really see them beating the Titans at this point, so or the Packers. So I'm 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 seeing maybe one, maybe two wins going into that bye week at sitting at one and six or two and five. Yeah, and this is a team that people were talking about as a playoff contender. Yeah. I mean luckily for them, their schedule, you know, kinda opens up towards the the bottom half, but I know I they might be able to sneak in as the seventh seed at like nine and seven or something. I I don't think that this team is you know competing this year. I agree. I had I was down on the Texans going in once they made the DeAndre Hopkins trade and all that. So I wasn't high on the Texans team at all this year. Um, but I do like Deshaun Watson. I I like that he got that big money contract that he deserves. I just wish that um, they did a better job of giving him a supporting cast to actually work works out you know what i mean because it's tough over there for Deshaun right now i definitely uh, agree uh what do you think about the chiefs just to kind of jump jump into some of these yeah, teams sure. how they're doing this far in the season uh we saw them struggle last week versus the chargers and went into overtime um was that more so because the game plan got screwed up because of the quarterback switch at the last minute or do you think that the chargers is the chargers are a better team than we thought or you know do the chiefs just have a bad week yeah man that's something that I was mulling over as well. I think that the Chiefs are still the, one of the best teams in the league. I don't think that Chargers game is really indicative of how their season's going to go. But I do agree that it could have something to do with their game plan just getting turned on its head from going from Tyrod Taylor to a rookie quarterback that they've never seen before. Um, so that's tough, tough to say. I'm not worried about the Chiefs at all. I do think that they're still going to be um, a, make a deep run into the playoffs, if not go to the Super Bowl. But... Yeah, man, that Chargers team did look really good. Justin Herbert did look really good. So um, we'll be next this week three, we'll be telling as far as how that goes. If the Chargers come out clicking on all cylinders like they were last week, then we know that that Chargers team could be for real. If the Chiefs come, Chiefs come out and look kind of kind of shitty like they did versus the Chargers, then we know, okay, maybe something's going on over there. But for me, I'm not worried yet. And um, I still think the Chiefs are one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, I'm definitely excited for that Chiefs-Ravens game this weekend. Oh, I Monday do Night think Football, the Ravens, baby, it's back. I do think this is the first time that we've had two reigning MVPs play each other on Monday night. And I don't know how many years or if it's ever been happened. But yeah, um, I am excited for that game, and I am going to go on a limb, such a limb, and say that the Ravens will win that game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's one of those games that I think is going to be one of the most watched Monday Night Football games that we've seen in recent memory. Uh, when you get two teams going toe-to-toe like that on a big stage like Monday Night Football, um, you know, everyone's tuning in. I don't care what your plans are. Are you watching Dance with the Stars on Monday? No, you're watching Monday Night Football. Chiefs versus Ravens It's going to be an exciting one for sure. Yeah, they definitely, you know, hit one out of the park with that matchup on a Monday night. We haven't had a Monday night matchup like that in quite some time. Um, you know, I would wish they would start doing that with some of these Thursday games, but... You know, we're going to get stuck watching the Dolphins-Jaguars instead. So, <laughs> Buckle up. Go Fins. It's going to be <laughs> ugly. <laughs> All right, man. Let's just wrap this thing up with a couple of teams each that we are surprised by, that we're um, surprised that they're doing well, surprised that they're doing bad. Um, I know we kind of touched on some topics here and there in the, around the league, so some of these might be some stuff that we've already talked about, man. But uh, a couple of teams that you're surprised that they're doing this well. I think that... Everything starts with the Jaguars. I think Facts. that that team has actually looked a lot better. I think a lot of people thought they were going to tank for Tua. Uh, their young guys are stepping up. You know, they do have some injuries going into this week on a short week. But, you know, no better medicine than to play the abysmal Dolphins. That's right, man. You need a kickstart in the pants for your team, man. Play Miami because they're, they're they're sinking quick, man. It's it's looking bad out here. I also am uh, I'm a little surprised by the Washington football team. Um, I mean... Thought for sure they were going to look like the worst one in the division, but, you know, Eagles and Giants are making sure that the that the Washington football team looks, you know, just a little bit better than them. 
Yeah, for sure. That's another one for me too that I was surprised by. Um, they're not as bad. Like I said, I was very confident on them being the worst team in the league. Now after two weeks, I'm like, okay, they're still bad. Don't get me wrong. They're still a bad team. But there are some other teams out there that are um, looking a little bit worse. So for me, the team that I am surprised that's doing this well, honestly, is um, the Rams. And I wasn't as high on the Rams as, as some people were. Like I know that they're a playoff team and whatnot, but they that offense has really clicked. They've been doing well feeding um, everybody. Tyler Higby's playing out of his mind. Um, I wasn't sure that Higby was going to be able to um, repeat what he did in the last four weeks of last year. Jared Goff just doing what he does, being a field manager and a facilitator. And that Rams defense is, is holding together pretty well, too. Obviously, you have Aaron Donald, um, former defensive player of the year. So, I mean, I shouldn't be as surprised as I am, but I'm just, I've just never been a big Rams guy, so I'm very surprised at how well they actually are doing this year. And I'm also going to go out and say the Green Bay, I'm surprised by the Green Bay Packers as well. Um, we talked about it earlier in the podcast, uh, maybe last week. Um, Aaron Rodgers, they didn't give him any toys to play with on that offense. He's kind of making do with the likes of Alan Lazard and... Um, Valdez Scantling and Devonte Adams, who like we mentioned earlier, was out for part of that Lions game. So I was I'm very surprised that that Packers team is holding together as well as they have throughout the first two weeks. Uh, I kind of expected them to be a little off to a rocky start with, with but Rodgers is playing out of his mind. He's looking like Aaron Rodgers again, so it's good to see. Yeah, I think they definitely pissed him off with the the drafting of Jordan Love in the first round and not giving him you know the receiver that he wanted. So I think you know a pissed off Rodgers is probably going to work in their advantage right now, but also down the road i think that also might cause more turmoil but uh i'm also surprised by the chicago bears they're sitting at two and oh i know they haven't really you know that it's early in the season but i think that right now sitting at two and oh you you can't you got to be a little surprised and you definitely can't be upset if you're a bears fan um i think you want to just go through real quick and pick a division winner based off the first two weeks for each one just to put yeah. some documents up there yeah, let's do it let's do it all right let's start off with the nfc west Right now we got Cardinals, Seahawks, and Rams all at two and zero, and Forty ers at one and one. Yeah. So for me, um, this is just going off what I've made in my previous predictions. I picked Russell Wilson as MVP. I picked the Seahawks to go to Super Bowl. So I'm going to triple down on that bet. I'm taking the Seahawks to win the West. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, but um, I also think that the Cardinals have a slightly easier schedule just based off where they finished last year. So mm-hmm. I think that they might actually squeeze that one out. Yeah, I could see that. All right, so next we got NFC South. We got Saints, Bucks, both at 1-1, one and one, Panthers, and Falcons at 0-2. Yeah, preseason, I think I would have easily said the Saints hands down. Um, but now we've seen that offense kind of struggle a little bit. But I'm not going to give up on the Saints, man. As much as I'm, I am, I don't really see any other teams in this division that I'm really like gung-ho about. So I, I'm going to stick with the Saints. I'm going to bet on them to figure it out, put it all together, and go ahead and win the NFC South. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go Saints, and I'm going to actually pick the Bucks to take one of those wild-card spots. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe that seventh seed. Um, you know, it's unfortunate the Falcons can't figure out that defense, especially with the defensive head coach and Dan Quinn. Um, you know, we just saw them blow a 39-something lead and lost by one mm-hmm. um you know good for the saints but or good for the, was it cowboys yeah it's the cowboys. cowboys yeah cowboys. all right next up we got nfc north bears packers both two and oh vikings and lions oh and two this is a tough division for me to pick honestly um i don't have much faith in the in the bears that two and oh doesn't really mean much to me right now uh, i expected more from from the lions and matt stafford i thought they would have figured some stuff out, and especially the Vikings starting off 0-2. Um, I just think, like you said before with Aaron Rodgers, man, he's kind of 
playing with a chip on his shoulder, and I expect him to kind of carry that through for the year. And so I'm just going to go with the uh, the Packers to win the North. Yeah, I agree. The Bears haven't really played anybody yet. They played, I think it was the Lions and the Giants. Um, so I'm not really going to sit here and say that you know they're one of the better teams. You know, good for them and good for their fans. But yeah, Packers are going to run away with this one. All right, the NFC East, which is looking like probably one of the worst divisions right now. Classic. We got Washington football team at one and one, along with the Dallas Cowboys, and we got the Eagles and Giants both at zero and two. This I don't like this division. They always have so much hype going into the year, and they always let us down. Um, people were very excited about the Cowboys, and as 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 was I. The thing for me though is I I stick I stick by it. I don't think the Washington football team is good, um, even though they're one and one. The Giants just lost Saquon Barkley. The Eagles is riddled with injuries. So by default, I'm going to have to go with the Dallas Cowboys, even though they kind of seem to be not playing up to their potential right now. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the Giants are cooked without Saquon Barkley. I know they added Devontae Freeman like we talked about, but that's not the same level of player, and that offensive line is not opening up the holes to begin with. Um, Washington football team, you know, good for them. They started off with that win versus the Eagles, but I, I don't think that's going to be a sustained success. You know, they're going to they're gonna be a top 10 team in the draft this year and uh you know it's going to come down to the eagles and cowboys and i think eagles will finish hot but i think that once the cowboys you know that offense gets offense and defense get you know gelling with that new coaching staff in there i think that they're actually gonna look like one of the better teams in the league yeah i agree so next we got the afc north which is ravens and steelers two and oh browns one and one and Bengals zero and two and before we say anything i do want to just go ahead and say that joe burrow has looked a lot better than i think any of us thought this earlier in the season um you know he did look pretty good on thursday night but unfortunately the rest of his team just didn't show up yeah that offensive line is letting him down and that defense still need, has a bunch of holes they need to fill but burrow is doing well with what he has to work with and i'm very excited to see what he can do moving forward with um some weapons that they hopefully give him within the next couple of years um, but for the North, man, I, it's between the Ravens and the Steelers for me. Um, it's hard to pick against the Ravens because we know they are such a powerhouse. So I'm going to go with the Ravens. If you see their point differential, it's plus 49. So that's that's the biggest in the league. Um, I got to go with the Ravens. That defense is playing well, and obviously that offense is going to cause problems. But I do like the Steelers as a playoff team. And it's just, I think you had them as your, one of your Super Bowl picks. They're a sneaky, um, They're a sneaky team to keep an eye out for. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I still like that Super Bowl pick. I think that, you know, once that team gets in the playoffs, I think that that defense is definitely going to tighten up, and I think that's what's going to lead them through. I'm uh, also betting on a Lamar Jackson, you know, to be the regular season champion again, but sneak in the playoffs. Um, I think that right now the Ravens probably probably the best team in the NFL, offensively and defensively. Um, I think that they're tough to stop, and I think we're going to see more J.K. Dobbins down the stretch, and I think that's going to be – it's great, but I think they're going to come up short again. I think the Steelers are going to end up, you know, grabbing one of those wild card spots, and I think that they're going to be the ones that probably end up upsetting them in the playoffs. Um, I do think the Browns have a outside chance of, you know, that seven seed. Um, kind of looking through these other AFC teams, and I've got a lot of question marks on them. And I think the Browns' schedule is a little easier than people are realizing, and you know they might be able to sneak in at nine and seven. But right now, that defense is so bad that I got them on the outside looking in as well. Um, I, I don't think their playoffs drought's going to end this year. That's unfortunate. But, you know, right now it's all Steelers and Ravens, which is, you know, what to be expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we got the AFC West. We got Chiefs and Raiders both at 2-0, and Chargers at 1-1, and and Broncos at 0-2. 
Yeah, man. Now we got Justin Herbert taking over the helm, which we've been talking about all the podcasts pretty much, it feels like. Um, that Chargers team, they should um, step it up a little bit now that if he takes over for the majority of the season or the rest of the season, like I think he should, um, maybe that he gives them a chance to sneak into the playoffs, but I don't have much faith in them as a contender. Um, can't bet against the Chiefs, though, man. The Chief, Like I said, the Chiefs are one of the best teams in football. I, I still think they're going to the Super Bowl. Um um, give me the Chiefs all day. I don't put much stock into that that Raiders two and all. Even though Josh Jacobs is lighting it up, and Derek Carr is doing what he needs to do. Um, yeah, give me the Chiefs though. It's not even a hard one for me. Yeah, Chiefs all the way. Definitely, I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes, and I think that they're going to end up running away with that division. Uh, the Chargers defense is definitely really good, and that offense is, you know, I think what's ho- is going to be holding them back most of the year. Uh, unfortunately, I think that that offense is at least a year away from being where they want it to be, and I think that the Raiders are kind of you know playing a little better than they are on paper and i think that it's gonna show this weekend versus the patriots yep so i think that they'll probably actually miss out on the playoffs even though they started off two and zero. all right afc south titans two and oh jaguars one and one colts one and one and texans oh and two mm-hmm um, I'm still going with the Titans in this division in the AFC South. Um, the Jaguars are playing better than expected, but that's, I mean, we thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. They're still not very good, but they are playing better than we expected them to. Um, the Colts, Phillip Rivers is on his, on the back nine. This guy, he's just old. He's not, he's not able to do what Phillip Rivers normally does. So he's not really adding too much dynamics to that offense. Um, Jonathan Taylor is the bright spot of that team. Um, on offense, so I'm excited to see what he can do. And we talked about Houston Texans, man. They're just they're just tough this year. So by default, Tennessee Titans. I do think that they are meant to be a playoff team. They they showed us how good they were last year. I still think they're that good. And um, yeah, the Titans for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think the Titans are definitely going to be the division winners here. Uh, I do think the Texans will make a late push later in the season, but I think that unfortunately, with the beginning of their schedule, they're going to come up short. And I think the Colts should probably be one of those wildcard teams just based off, you know, talent alone. Uh, I think once that offense gets gelling with Phillip Rivers, I know we talked a lot about a lot about these teams, uh, you know, not looking as well as they should at this point in the season. Uh, but I think a lot of it is because of the no preseason games and, you know, limited training camps. And I think that teams like the Colts will start looking better midway through the year. Yeah, I agree for sure. All right, so last we got the AFC East, which is the Bills at 2-0, and Patriots at 1-0, and and then the Dolphins and Jets at 0-2. Oh yeah, um, Dolphins and Jets are dumpster fires. Jets are going this division, correct? Uh, I think it's, yeah, hands down. Take it to Vegas, put all your put your life savings on it. <laughs> Honestly, if anyone's out there and they're willing to put money, uh, their life savings on the Jets, go to an Asana Asylum first instead. Yeah, go seek uh, help. That team is probably going to be a top-five draft pick, and the Dolphins are not going to be too far behind them. Nope. The only competition here is the Pats and Bills, which is kind of what we everyone was expecting preseason. Um, I, the way that Josh Allen's playing for the Bills, I mean, obviously, no two two games um, didn't play the stiffest competition, but Josh Allen has played up to the caliber that people were expecting him to. Stephon Diggs is starting to click in that offense, which is scary. Uh, they just got to figure out that run game with Singletary and Zach Moss. You know, their their running game is not dynamic enough. Josh Allen's kind of doing more of the heavy lifting over there as far as um, short yardage downs and like goal lines and, and fourth and third and fourth and ones or whatnot over there. So got to take those those short yardage runs away from your quarterback to keep him healthy. But if they can do all those things, I think Buffalo is as good as advertised. Um, it is scary to see what Bill Belichick and Cam Newton got going on over there in New England. Um 
I just don't think that they're going to be able to keep it going with that supporting cast they have over those wide receivers are putrid to me and the running game is, is bad. So I don't think Cam's going to be able to sustain what he's sustaining. So give me the bills in the AFC East. All right. Bit of a shock there. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and bet against a Bill Belichick team. And I'm also not going to put my money on a Josh Allen quarterback who beat the two worst teams in the AFC East. Um, until I see them compete against the Patriots and actually win one of those games. Uh, I'm not putting any money on them to win that division. This is the Patriots division, and people are going to have to beat them to want to take it. And I don't see the Bills doing it. So I'm going to go ahead and say Pats are going to, you know, they're going to win the division. I think it's going to be close with the Bills, but I think, you know, they're going to end up in that five or six spot, maybe maybe even the seventh. Uh, But I think that the Patriots are a top three team in the AFCs. I mean, in the AFC. Amen. Another podcast in the books, man. Let's wrap this one up. We appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for tuning in. Um, you go, you know where to find us at Unfair Catch on Instagram and Twitter. Find the show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Later. Later.